Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the popular Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm your host, Youngmi Mayer. Each week I have a guest on to discuss a sad story and then we laugh about it. (laughs) And this week, I'm really excited to introduce my friend from a very long time ago and half Korean, half white person. And somebody, I feel like, who has perfected the Korean art of telling a sad story while laughing. So you know her butthole is just fucking exploding with hair. Audrey Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for that introduction my whole entire life. (laughs) You are the embodiment of that that phrase. Like, I feel like the, the spirit of Korea lives in you. Because everything you talk about is the saddest thing in the world. and then, But then it's like you're like shitting your pants laughing for some reason. Hairs are growing out of my butthole as we speak. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, other people are laughing. Not You're not telling a sad story while laughing yourself. Like you're making it so funny that we're laughing. Just to just, just <laughs> you're not like, I was... I have trauma. <laughs> like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. I feel like you've perfected this art of this, the hairy butthole thing. Like what? So you have a Korean mom, obviously. Korean mom. White dad. <laughs> half, half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. I, I always I feel like I always talk about my family as in just my Korean mom. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, my mom's Korean. Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, people often, I don't know, Korean people often, yeah, guess that my mom is Korean, but which makes them feel really bad for me. Like immediately. <laughs> Why? Uh I don't know. This I don't know. There was like this woman who um, who owned a bar in San Francisco called The Summer Place. And she was like an older Korean woman. And then she would be like, oh, my God, because nobody believe nobody knows I'm Korean at all. So I have to yeah. say it all the time just because I I think it's more of like a shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I know that they're going to be surprised. And I also want the like camaraderie. Like I want them to know I'm Korean. Like I just, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want my any white people to know. I'm white. <laughs> 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 but I like beg from Korean people. So, it's very yes. slippery slope. <laughs> you're never like in a room full of like blonde like white people at a wedding like oh no i i'm i am half white also like either side is always a question of why this fucking mexican woman is here but you're like whatever you think i am that that's what i am i am not white fine i don't care but i'm not white (laughs) (laughs) what do you like wait what's have white people guessed like a weird ethnicity that you were ever um 
Samoan. <laughs> Samoan. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I know you're not kidding. I, you get no. Samoan a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> you're like, no, I, I get this like all the time. Every day, every time I meet a white person, they're like, I, wa- I wish I I knew some like, yeah. I, why don't you just start learning some Samoan words? <laughs> and then when they say that, be like, just say hello in Samoan. And then they're like, and they're like, I'm just kidding. I'm Korean. And they're like, why do you know so much Samoan? And you're like, doesn't everyone just know? <laughs> yeah. So many like Oklahoma people were like, well, she must be Samoan. I'm like, you know what? Tell me the last time that you've been a Samoan person. That <laughs> you're at. Abstractly, <laughs> like, how many Samoan people are blowing through like Oklahoma City? <laughs> oh my God! Well, for the listeners, you grew up in Oklahoma. If they're wondering why you're randomly say like talking to all these white people in Oklahoma, so you grew up in Oklahoma, and they're like, "Well, well she's Samoan." That's Audrey, Audrey Taylor. That's a Samoan name. <laughs> That is so funny. I have gotten, I've gotten, I feel like when I was like younger, I think I looked more ambiguous and now I just look Korean to white people. But like when I was younger, I fully got Cuban. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like in Korea or when you were in? No, like, in like, like American white people. Oh my God. Yeah. Those guesses are just. In Korea? What if a Korean person was like, are, are you Cuban? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that could's equally as bizarre to me, you know. Koreans like don't even guess. They're like they I've literally gotten this so many so many times in Korea. They're like I, we don't know what you are, but it's <laughs> definitely not Korean. Oh yeah. It's so funny. Oh my god. They're like mm-hmm. you can, yeah. The Mexican you can never winning again. <laughs> I'm like okay. <laughs> All right. Oh my god! Uh, literally, the funniest thing. I feel like I was at a Korean restaurant one time, and I walked in, and I heard the woman say Chinese people, and I was like, <laughs> Koreans are so racist against Chinese. And then I was like, and then I was just like, oh, like I just started speaking Korean to her the whole time, yeah. like being like I'm I'm Korean, but I don't I don't care, like whatever. And at the end, she was like, you know what, your Korean is so good, like that. And I was like. She she still thinks I'm not Korean. She just thinks I like, <laughs> randomly learned Korean yeah. fluently. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there are some circumstances where you're like, well, I mean, for me, we're like, there are because usually I'm like, I'm Korean, and then wait for it, and they're like, what? No way. Yeah, like whatever. But like, there there has been somewhere like, I'm like, I'm I'm Korean, you know, half Korean, and they're like don't care no my kids are also half korean and i'm like this is like i'm gonna need that shock value back this is bi erasure biracial erasure (laughs) (laughs) this is bi awareness month yeah you like are so like you either get like the shock you're just so used to the shock value of it when people are like you know like normalizing like biracial people is definitely like (laughs) you know normalizing biracial. that's your life's work is what you're trying to say yeah <laughs> well I mean I don't know it's just like when people aren't shocked when Korean people are like you know like that's fine you're you're totally normal my kids are biracial you know they're 
her kid, yeah. my kids' kids are biracial. I'm like, well, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> well, no, I'm the only biracial in the world, so you're wrong. I need, I'm going to need you to be shocked. Um, I thought you were going to be like the Korean reaction is like, oh, I'm biracial. And they're like, no, d- no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And just like push your forehead out the door. No, no, no. Okay. Well, so I had, I actually had a guest on last week who was biracial. And, you know, <laughs> huh? Keep it alive. Keep <laughs> us alive. Yeah. But no, no, it's so funny because I feel like you are so very specifically Korean in your sense of humor and you're so funny and I feel like um it that always like seemed really interesting to me because it's weird it's like you know like when you're a biracial person it's weird what parts of what culture you sort of get and like your humor is obviously like you know I know you love like comedy and like you know you're very you grew up in Oklahoma and obviously you grew up in America and you're influenced by like American like comedy culture but it's so I, I don't know yeah. just somehow something about like how you deliver stuff or like what parts of something that you find funny I feel like is so Korean huh that's really interesting that was a uh, um an insult by the way <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really interesting to think about because I think um you know I get the question a lot like you know who do you identify more with you know uh your Samoans obviously <laughs> yeah your Samoan side or your Mexican <laughs> side my whole entire life but you know who do you identify more with and it's like and I'm like you know I'm very Oklahoma in the sense I'm like pretty loud I'm like you know um I don't know the, the the people that are just like loud and kind of like a little bit up front and I can't even describe it but like Oklahoma yeah the humor in between is very Oklahoma well because when I go there I'm like, okay, well, I don't think that people would really understand fully who I am unless they took a trip with me to like Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the other side, I'm like, I'm so, I'm so Asian, you know, where like my mom's Korean, my stepdad's Japanese, my stepmom's Vietnamese, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to describe, describe Korean humor though. It's very specific. It hurts your feelings. <laughs> if it doesn't hurt your feelings, then it's not worth laughing about. If the entire fucking room isn't laughing at you, is it? Is it actually funny? No. Yeah, the depths of uh, self-deprecation that you can get into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even put into words. I just like think that you have like this very Korean-y humor. And maybe it's just, you know, intergenerational trauma. I don't know. Yeah, it's the but, te- writing back the tears just to make a fucking joke about yourself. <laughs> just anything to get people laughing. Yeah. Laugh now, I'm going to cry in the car on the way home. That's what I call that. <laughs> like, laugh now, and then you shut yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> At a burger Wait, cake. why would you shit yourself in the bathroom? Wouldn't you shit in the <laughs> toilet in the bathroom? Like you're you made it to the bathroom, you almost got on the toilet, but you shit yourself. That is that is the, that's what it feels like to be a Korean. You made it to the bathroom at the Burger King in Times Square, but you shit your pants right in front of the toilet. Now you gotta go to a, waddle over to H and M and get those like eighteen dollar leggings. 
Yeah. Which You're is literally failure. all we did in our failure, 20s. Even if it's about going to the bathroom of Burger King. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I have guests on. I feel like we can just like shoot the shit forever. But I, I feel like I have to do my thing because it's like the podcast thing. And right before we started recording, Audrey and I had a fight a year and then we didn't talk for a year. And so we were crying and talking about that. And I'm not going to lie, during that conversation, I was like, I kind of wish I was recording this because this is so fucking funny. I, I almost thought you did. I'm not going to lie. You were like sobbing. And then, uh, but, but then you were like, but then you call that white woman a potato face. <laughs> <laughs> right in her potato face. I said it. That's fine. I think, well, because like we were talking about this thing, like we met up a year after like the lockdown for the first time. We were crying so hard and then like um, sort of had like multiple <laughs> psychological breakdowns. And it was just it was a lot. It was like too much. I think we were both really sad processing all that. Part of that discussion, I was talking about how I had like was in this phase of sort of healing myself from this like lifetime that I lived in service of other people and part of the reason that we're such good friends is that we both played the same role in each of our families where everybody in our families were fucking mentally ill and then we were their caretakers sorry I have to say I was I blacked out for like a second because I was like yeah. I realized that we were on a podcast but I was gonna yeah. say that I remember I don't know if I think maybe it was on one of your podcasts, but it was like when you first came and I was crying so hard and you were like, um, I, you're like, you're like, for some reason, like you look more Korean than I do. And you, you yeah. said that I cried like an old Ajima. <laughs> you were doing the old Korean Ajima. You're like, ah. I was like, okay, relax. This is too, this is maybe too Korean for me. I've yeah. never said that before. Anyway, I really um, spit that out before I forgot it. But go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, you were you were doing the Korean whale. So I okay. So I um oh so I was like telling you that I was like going through this phase of like sort of unlearning this like role I had in life, and you know because we're so similar and we had the same exact childhoods and we had the same personality because of it. I think I felt I felt very codependent with you, you know, and I felt like you and you and I are like the same I see so much of myself in you and I feel like uh, it feels very like in my head like us versus them you know like fuck you everyone you fucked us over sorry I'm like already getting emotional but it's okay yeah and so I think I was in this phase where I was just like fuck everyone fuck all of you that fucked with us and you know you were I think you were in this very different phase where you were just like meeting everyone with compassion you know like the pandemic did two very different things to us mm. and so I was like but I wanted to talk about and I, I mean I know that like we just discussed that and and it, we had this huge clash because I was here enraged you know just like burning ev like everyone is getting fucking burned down you know yeah. burned down the fucking forest and you yeah. were like I have so much compassion and room for this, for everybody, you know? And I was like, fuck you. Like, don't let them treat you like this. And you were like, you're insane. And I was like, I am drinking tequila and it's 8 a.m. Like, it was very like that. 
do you want to talk about our fight? I mean, I guess it's like, you know, I, I, don't, I couldn't figure, I couldn't find a way to like tell another sad story when I like, we were before this recording, we were like really like, like having a very deep heart to heart. It's like in the forefront yeah. of my brain. Um, yeah. So I think that a sad story is just kind of like, you know, I also wanted to say like during that time, I mean, you know, both of us going through like childhood trauma and like, I mean, I have abandonment issues. I've got fucking alcoholism runs thick in my family. I have dead dad, mentally ill mom, you know, extensions of that. So it's like you and I have spent majority of our friendship just kind of like dealing with that internal trauma versus the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like for us, and I said that I just think of you as a very special friend in terms of, I think that you have the closest understanding to who I am than I think that I, I've, I've ever known, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a sad story is, is like expectations and, you know, growth and understanding and assumption. Assumption will fuck your ass up. You know, first of all, assumption will fuck your ass up. But, and also like, I wanted to mention like during that time, it was still like Asian hate stuff was, and it's still really bad. Um, But it was like this explosion. I think it was an explosion, you know? Um, And I couldn't see or hear anybody like, um, because I was really angry too, but I was like, literally trying not to like murder everybody Mm -hmm. but it was just like coming out of that I was trying to really see things from this like larger scope with like an understanding there was a lot of like problems I was having with like friends there's a lot of problems I was having with like roommates there's a lot of problems I was having with my white friends Mm -hmm. you know then through that like and being isolated you know, with like just ourselves. And then this coming into that, just being like, yeah, like visit me and we're going to party and everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Scary. You know, you have, you take your personality as like a loaded gun and then you try to go out there with like multiple people, especially like a lot of people that you don't know. It's going out with like a loaded gun, you know? And I mean, I mean, even now, sometimes it's like going out. I mean, I almost fought somebody in a bar just like two months ago, you know, like right. almost physically fought them. And I'm like, we're still coming out of that. We're still, we're going to be working on that, like for a mm-hmm. long time, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think a sad story is just like, that you know existing through that really really hard existing through that very very hard point in time which is still now mm-hmm. with this like with a friend you know what I mean like my best friend you're my best friend mm-hmm. um and trying not to like just turn like I said like the call was coming from inside the house you couldn't fucking help it you know you're just like shit I don't know who to trust we're lashing out irresponsibly and then we we don't know how to trust those lash outs. You know, I've lashed out at many people the past two years and they're not, you know, some of them are like 
probably still scared to trust me, you know, and it's, it's understood. Like I totally get it, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think both of us before this pandemic and then before the fight that we had one year, you know, into the pandemic was we were bonded through this very similar background. And then we met up with this idea that we were going to fucking party and like, fuck yeah, you know, and this is going to be great. And we're going to go to fucking Big Sur or whatever. And then neither of us stopped to think, oh, hey, we have both like gone through like pretty severe trauma and we're both already like fucked up people. And like, what is that going to look like? We um, react to situations that are scary in this way and then we started doing that to each other and that's like what was like very sad yeah 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 i mean damn goddamn childhood trauma really fucking (sighs) well i think this is a great example of what we're saying and i think this will be very helpful for people to hear so i i had this like I said, I came into this scenario, we were camping with a bunch of white people. I felt very like unsafe, you know, joking around. I kept saying like, oh, us two dumb bitches. Mm-hmm. And what I and like my insinuation was like, I was in this phase of like burning everything to the ground. And in my mind, I was like, fuck all of you. It's like, you think we're like this, but we're not. We're like better than you, blah, blah, blah. And that's like the kind of joke that I was making but you were in the stage of like processing all this other trauma that you've gone through of being like abused and you were picking that up in that sense. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this and I just find, I still find it very interesting because it's like, you know, receiving language, you know, I, I was childhood trauma, like abused in that way of like name calling and, you know, things like that. And so it it just comes up Mm. where I'm like, Oh my God, like I am stupid. You know, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm a, I'm a Mm. bitch. I'm a, you know, all this stuff. You just start believing it. And I don't know if it's more like, maybe there was a a time where I just didn't really respond to stuff like that because I was just used to it. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well, whatever. But like in the process of kind of healing that and like begging Mm -hmm. for um, as you are trying to like love yourself and you're like begging for that different even narrative in your own head when those words are kind of coming at you it's hard to differentiate intention when the impact was just like just landing heavy on my chest you know right and I think that I think that what you're like also describing is like this like response where it's like a visceral response you're in this state that was like triggered by my words and it was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a trauma response, you know, right? The trauma response. Yeah. But then it's like, but then of course I felt like horrible. Cause I was like, no, I don't mean it that way. I was joking. And it's like, not to be the person that's like, come on, it's a joke. Like that's abusive. Yeah. But also the other part of that, which I think is like very interesting when I, when I think back about that time it triggered this response that I feel like I've never seen in myself. And when I've seen it in other people, I'm like really freaked out by it. Cause I find it so like 
immature or something like that but like you know when you bring a friend around other friends and then that friend gets possessive and that's like basically what i was doing i was like no this is my audrey all of you suck or whatever and i didn't even know that that was like some sort of behavior that like was in me you know and also what a shit fucking time i mean honestly I was so unknowing of like what was happening with like my mental state. It was just all going forward in a way that I couldn't, I couldn't stop. It was just going forward. And there was like a lot of, there was a lot of friendships that were like pretty and unstable, you know, at the beginning of last year. And a lot of people like, you know, through kind of recognizing like, problematic racial issues, you know, even in your, you know, in your friendships, that observation, there was a lot of friends that were like very, very rocky, you know, and on top of that, still wanting to be my friend and like, keep me there, Mm. but also like not recognizing. And I mean, one at a time, sure, because it's like the Asian hate stuff, like, ripped my chest out literally turned me inside out and I was like but like boiling you know it was a boiling feeling and it's like the the part where like no one was really like checking up or acknowledging or like anything you know what I mean completely dismissive behavior and then that made me angry and I was like angry at a lot of people and it was just like this very shaky ground you know, there was not a stable, like, floor, you know. Sorry, I mean, I I think that we can mention that we, like, stopped recording. So I was just having a little we bit We stopped of- recording because we got too angry Korean style. We got too angry Korean style. We're going on a ramble that I just don't even want to. I don't even want to go there. But Audrey <laughs> punched a hole in her drywall. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I... I got like a little distracted and, and I was getting detoured because, you know, bringing yeah. up this moment of our friendship that I was like really sad and very angry. Yeah. I mean, as this like trauma resp- response, you kind of like put yourself back into that place, like mentally. Yeah. And so I just, you know, and it's so sad, you know what I mean? When I'm like thinking about the issues that I was having with certain friends or the issues that you and I were having, I mean, literally, it felt like where I'm like, there was a lot of seconds where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to come up for air. It was so overwhelming. And I didn't see a, I didn't see, like, I had to break it up one conversation with a friend at a time and kind of remove myself and then let some healing take place in between lots of, lots of that, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like putting, putting myself into that. I mean, it was unhealthy. I was so mentally unwell on so many levels, like during the pandemic. And I'm used to being the friend that is like, you know, like make me laugh and like, you know, come over. And I was trying to have like parties at my house and like, and it just so many like triggers were just firing off also because it's like, then I'm like, I'm unwell. I need help. I need to talk about this. And like, I didn't have, so it's like, not only did I not have a place to talk about my experience as being an Asian person, Mm -hmm. I also didn't have this place where I could speak about being like pretty mentally unwell, you know? 
and being coming from a family that was like, yeah, from like some abuse, I just, and childhood trauma. And then they would look at me as being like, be the funny one now, be the funny one. Oh my God. Yeah. I was surrounded by a bunch of people as I was mentally deteriorating and everyone Mm. had these high expectations of my behavior. And I was like, I'm a sinking ship. I'm going down, you know? Wow. And so I think that like, yeah, the trouble that I'm having right now is kind of like, I've done tons of work to kind of fucking shift forward and have, have fruitful friendships, you know, with people and speak my truth and set up boundaries and, you know, be honest and, you know, um, be more healthy because like that time was scary. I almost think that it was like kind of good that we took a break because it's like, I had to like be alone in that anger and like deal with Mm -hmm. it myself and like process all of that. Like, I don't even know. I had to kind of abandon ship completely, you know? Yeah. You know what this like really reminds me of is like, I, you know, again, like, because I relate to you so much in the heat of the moment, I'm like, good. I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like, I am the one that people lean on and I'm the one that's funny and I'm the one that's okay or it seems to be okay. And then like fucking six months later, I will have like, I can't get out of bed depression because I was like taking it all in for everybody. And then this, I think the sad thing and I makes me sad when I see you going through it because I think it's like easier to feel sad for you, you know, than like myself is that if you're somebody like that, you know, like you or I, in those moments when six months later, when you're fucking in need and when you're like healing, there's nobody there, you know? There's like, like after you take all that in, um, you're just like alone. And like, and I think it's like an unconscious choice like we like when we are children learn that we couldn't depend on anyone so we just help everybody and then and it's like really sad because you're saying oh I needed the time away from you because I had to it makes me feel like you knew you thought that you couldn't or didn't deserve help and so you had to go heal by yourself which is, you know, like exactly what I do. And it's so fucking hard to explain that because it's like, nobody sees that, right? It's like, Audrey's the funny one. And she's so, look, she's the one that's like cleaning up and like, she's so funny and nice to everybody. And she's always in a good mood. And she doesn't, and it never occurs to people that the healing happens alone, right? so sad it is sad I also think it's like it's not like a conversation that I have all the time I mean there's like a few friends of mine I think that I felt comfortable with like telling my my the story of my upbringing and it's like you know I cry myself to sleep you know it it wakes me up in the middle of the night you know processing it's like your chosen family is like you're choosing these people to be in your life and like kind of internally like begging for understanding, but there's like no communication yeah. leading to that understanding. So it's like, 
I think I had this like unrealistic like expectation for kind of everybody and a lot of them I think are like undeserved to be to be honest mm. and I really like I, I do have many supportive friends you are one of them you know and so I don't want to say that I, I do I'm all alone all of the time you know there were there are friends that do recognize I mean, yeah. it's not the first time I've fallen in my life. I mean, you know, and unfortunately like that needing to heal can be alone. You know what I mean? Like your friends can't be in your therapy sessions with you all of the time. You know what I mean? Or ever like that's you, that's your time devoted to your healing, you know? Yeah. But I feel like for me, I mean, I don't know about you. Like I obviously have friends around that care about me like you and stuff, but it's almost like it's like like in my nature to go and hide you know what I mean and like not want and not receive help even if it's given and that is very sad well it's sad because it's internally you know that's really like you know I I it's almost like accepting a compliment you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, shit, mm-hmm. I will know I won't even let somebody take a photo of me without just like mentally deteriorating. Um, and it's like mm. compliments. I'm just like, yes, I will accept that compliment or something. <laughs> and I say that I say that out loud when people are like, oh, you look very yeah. good. And I'm like, I will accept that compliment. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, or like, you know, that type of attention. I'm just like, it makes yeah. their like, heart rate go up, you know? It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And also, like, you know, there is another way around this thing where I'm like, I was not allowed to. I did not have room to speak about my emotions and my 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 experience when I was a kid. There was no room for it. Yeah. And so it's, like, really hard to just be like, okay, well, there's room for that now. Now I'm going to talk about my emotions and my feelings. I mean, like, mm. that's, like, your... Yeah your de- developmental years like the majority of being not being able to speak on that you know I mean I, I want to make like a sad animal child r- puppy reference like you know like when there's like it, I, I don't know how to make like a good metaphor but like we were taught that if we showed weakness right we would be discarded basically because our one thing was that we were the ones to like help others or whatever. And so it's like, you know, it's like the like little puppy with a broken leg that's hiding because it's terrifying. I don't want you to fucking see this because you're going to throw me away because you told me that the only thing I was good at was like defending hyena. I don't know what wild dogs do. Defending the fa- the pack from the tigers or whatever yeah so what if i'm hurt then then you're gonna leave me so i gotta like get heal alone it's very sad yeah and i'm never gonna fix that about myself i'm never reaching out when i need help <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is like that. you know it is this thing where like i i have these conversations with people like Cause I, on the other side of that, like I try my best to just be like, okay, well, if you're feeling emotions, however they are, like speak it, like say it because it's the yeah. anti, like I was never 
able to speak on it at all. I was totally suffering for the majority of my, my life, like yeah. my early life yeah. alone, you know, completely yep. alone. And yes. that's not, that is not a joke. I don't even know. Maybe it's not a joke. It was totally fucking true. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like, you know, when I would say stuff about like, if I were to cry, it would be like, Oh God, drop dramatic. You're being dramatic. You know, Audrey, we literally have the same exact life. They would be like, Oh, they, they would say like, you have mafia temper. And I'd be like, so I don't have a venue to express myself. So unless no. I just sit here like a little potato, <laughs> just bloop, 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 like, yeah, like exactly, you know, make us laugh. Like, and then coming out with like a fart joke, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wind me up and then just, like, have like five fart jokes that I'm saying like over and over again. Like, <laughs> See that joke I like about the farts again. Yeah all like seriously there's no room for what i have to say otherwise no so it's like i but you know what there is now yeah and and i i I, yeah yeah. i'm listening to you (laughs) well (laughs) you're like but anyway (laughs) you're like so anyway (laughs) there's room for you to speak but anyway (laughs) stop but i was just saying that like you know even though like i I want people to speak about their experiences. I love talking to people about like, you know, hearing their, their emotional, you know, going through their emotional states or anything like that. I'm like, I'm making room for you. I hear you. Is it always easy for me to do that myself? Absolutely not. You mean for yourself? Is it e- to make room it's for you? It's not easy voice? to do for myself. Yeah. Right. No, not at all. And also, I think like in that, there's a few friends, maybe, maybe one, maybe two that you do find comfort in. And I was like codependent on like kind of speaking that that way, you know, and to be like, yeah, I felt like and then there's like emotional dumping that kind of can be a part of that. And I feel like between kind of in that time there was just so much shit happening so much emotion happening and I felt like it got tangled misunderstood and then mistrusted and there was the only way that I I saw was for us to like not we had to step away because it was like I I had to heal on my own I had to like confront the issues that were happening in my life alone yeah well, I think it, the important thing is that we both said we both knew that we were going to start talking to each other again. Like, they, there was no point where I was like, this is this is it, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, I, there's so much love, you know? I mean, there's like, I can't remember what conversation I was having or somebody who had this conversation about like rage and love, you know? Yeah, yeah. They coexist, you know? And so it's, it's passionate. like- I mean, it's like, I, I, I'm all for anger. I think it's a real emotion. I think a lot of people are scared of it or they don't know what I to do with anger. it. I can be an angry person, you know, and I can get mad and I can get mad at the people that I love too. You know, like that's yeah. a possibility, but it doesn't have to be like the means to an end, you know, that, that doesn't have to be that way, you know? Yeah. 
sometimes, you know, sometimes friendships, they expire because like it's run its course, you guys taken what you needed and then just call it. And that's totally fine. Um, yeah, but that's not our friendship. Yeah. No. All right. Well, well, you know, you make us laugh, Audrey. <laughs> I, I feel like we've laughed enough. We've cried enough. Do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you on social media? Oh, my Instagram is Audrey Taylor Visuals. You can follow the podcast at Harry Butthole Podcast. And you can follow me at YM Mayor. Thank you very much for joining me. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye.